It's the Distracted Driving Podcast, throwing out the status quo. Welcome to Distracted Driving. I'm Sean Genovese. I'm Rex Williams. There it is. This is episode 15 of the Distracted Driving Podcast, and uh, we have a great conversation with our guest and friend, Kevin Meredith. Kevin Meredith, or... Kevin Ovation. Yes, <laughs> as because, his stage name. <laughs> be, because he's clever and a little bougie, I think, with a the name. Bougie. <laughs> I think I, I, I did I say that during the conversation? Is he the I, one that asked what that went meant? I don't know. I don't know. Bougie. Uh, yeah, because his his visual does not <laughs> <laughs> portray <Yeah>. bougie <laughs> no no we kevin was good enough uh to to join us we captured him in the midst of a uh months-long family vacation yes an, yeah. an epic trek to uh i think he said 14 national parks yeah yeah all over so he's got the look for it uh if you're <laughs> not watching and only listening we we do give a description um but if you have a chance to go check out the YouTube just to see, it's uh, you know maybe I'll maybe I'll put a, a screenshot on the website yeah, so yeah, people you can get to. a glimpse. His look is just uh, it's uh, innovative. <laughs> it is innovative for, for, for this space. You just wouldn't connect the the look with what he does. He's very uh, very high tech, smart guy. Um, and, and I, I'm getting into stereotypes. <laughs> that's uh, <clears throat> that's what we talk about. So um, uh, the focus of our conversation is on innovation and entrepreneurship. If those things are of interest to you, you will enjoy this conversation. And this is going to be the first of several. Uh, we talked to yeah. him for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was a long conversation. He's got a lot of good wisdom. Yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, fair warning, um, <clears throat> because he is traveling he was at glacier national park for this conversation uh he's using starlink and uh the internet connection was a little spotty at times um but the uh the platform we're using um records everything locally and then uploads to the cloud so what that means is we listen they're not paying us so i wasn't going to mention it no 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 it's um so anyway, the um, we captured everything great, but there are moments where in, in the live conversation, Kevin dropped out and Rex and I didn't hear what he said. So <laughs> we're like, uh, you're not on, you're not on, we can't hear you. And we're saying you were talking. And meanwhile, he's still talking. And, and now we're talking over him unknowingly. Um, and uh, it's going to sound like we're being rude. Um, I've <laughs> done my best to try to go and, and cut those sections out because usually he ends up repeating himself. Um, there's a few spots where I, I just couldn't do it. So that's why it's a little wonky. Um, but I don't think it takes away from the greatness of the conversation. And I think you're still going to enjoy it. All right. So with that, uh, let's get to it. The first part of our chat with Kevin Ovation right now all right oh, yeah now we're recording rex okay, okay. but we haven't oh, officially you... started yet yeah you know what what officially started we officially started <laughs> when we logged on i know look at how I much of the show we've missed already i know i asked him a bunch of questions i was thinking man i gotta save this for the show <laughs> Can't help um myself. 
Yeah. So let's can, can we? We're just going to get into it. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. We so we we've we've show. got we we've got Kevin later. Meredith with us, or Kevin Ovation, as he likes to be called. Uh, we think. Kevin Ovation. Do you have a theme song for that? It all. Like a... <laughs> I mean, for our company, it's Fourth Sector Innovation. So we have a like a perfect fourth little ditty thing that we do for intro videos and stuff but nice not, it does have it i think i think i've heard that i think i've seen it okay we have to start with the obvious question where the hell are you i'm just outside glacier national park and uh since august 1st we've been going around to 14 different national parks with the family we've got rv uh 30 seven foot long uh fifth wheel that we're hauling behind there and just trying to have a different uh experience like try and live and a little bit instead of just park i think a glacier just moved through yeah a glacier and moved through and it's, it's, for the last few years and uh it also there's a number of factors that all brought it together the the vehicle is my brother-in-law's and he was ready to use it for put it in storage for the year so we basically have it for a year to go do whatever we want. We rented our house. We got a good multiple on the mortgage of our house to rent it. So we're covered there. Um, kids schooling during the pandemic wasn't great. And so uh, we started our own school called uh, Outward Bound, Adventure Bound Learning, excuse me. And uh, so we're just homeschooling the kids around the, going to all the national parks that we can. Our goal is to hit all of them in the lower 48 this year so wow i mean you're, you're sounding a little a little like uh, cousin eddie there uh yeah. yeah oh yeah he took the house we took the rv yeah it's uh well there's been a number of times that we've quoted national lampoons on this trip so i'm all right with it i'll be i'll be cousin eddie so so great man this is so awesome Okay, yeah. uh, I want to come back to ad adventure bound learning for for sure. Um, yeah, and and I want to talk. Gosh, I want to talk about the the trip. That's fantastic. Uh, my family took a a road trip last year, um, but not quite as long as you're going to be uh, out and about. Um, but why don't we start with or, or circle back to or I don't even know. But um, <laughs> fourth sector innovation. So yeah. So tell us about so the fourth, fourth sector. sector oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, oh, so, go no. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, this is so great because it's mountain man traveling the country in the forest with the Interlink uh, connection. <laughs> yeah, Starlink. Starlink. Sorry. Are you on? You're using Starlink. Yeah, we're on Starlink right now. I wonder. Do you think we could get Elon to sponsor this episode? <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, highly, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. But but you would never know that your your uh, innovation. Uh, no, uh, no, yeah, none of it. None of it makes sense to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> like this dual personality. Well, okay. well, part, Kevin, so, well part of it. Well, part of it. Yeah, yeah. But before okay, before you start in on fourth sector innovation, for those listening and not able to see. Yeah. What Rex and I are looking at on the screen is is the the face of a man <laughs> that that has a full scraggly beard, um, yeah. 
with with a, a a baseball cap on and i don't know is that like a one of those uh it's an outdoor vest? it's reed's yeah. outdoor yeah um i'm yeah. actually wearing a real blazer a sports jacket oh look um, he is he's wearing a sports okay. jacket he's business okay. in the but, wild it's so much um, business out here. I'm sitting at a, you can't really see it, but I'm I'm literally sitting at like a, a miniature I don't know, it's four feet wide, uh red picnic table. Um it, with if the a person in the background. Yeah, that's real. That's not some picture. That that's, that's real background. that's real Montana right there. Big sky yeah, behind it. Big sky. Yes. That that completes the picture. So so yes, he's so that image of the man that I described is sitting in front of uh, a bunch of, of trees in the background. If one were to Google right now, or Bing or AltaVista or whatever, uh, innovation, you will not get this result back. <laughs> but if if one were to Google Duck Dynasty, <laughs> then you might get the picture that we're looking at. So yeah. with, with that introduction and setup, tell us about Fourth Sector Innovation. And, and the reason that we have Kevin on is that we knew him uh, years ago uh, when we worked together and uh, he, he was all about innovation, innovating uh, innovation cells, uh, really building an innovation ecosystem within our company and did some amazing things. So we knew uh, he, was, he was on it. Then he left to do greater things. So I, I don't know about greater. I mean... In in design, I we had the most amazing uh, support from leadership to give us a lot of latitude to see, you know, when you're trying to do innovation broadly across a hundred year old company, hundred billion dollars a year in revenue at the time, um, then you know you you have to know something organizationally about innovation to be that successful for that long, like literally help put people on the moon, right? So yeah. we weren't going around jabbing, saying we know how to do innovation better than big, big Boeing. It was, do you really think that we've optimized the innovation capability within the company? And if you say yes, then maybe there isn't a good spot for us. But if you think there's still room for improvement, then let us try and explore some of the emerging things that we're seeing in Silicon Valley, in other companies and figure out which ones of those could apply and make the company even more successful. And that really is what started the whole journey for myself to really be hooked on innovation. I didn't think I was gonna work at the company as long as I did. Uh, I about doubled the time than I anticipated. None of us did. Yeah, I, I didn't, I was naive. I didn't appreciate the vast amount of opportunities that I didn't even know about existed in any company, let alone the one that I happen to be working in. And that was really um, an amazing, I just, I can't think of any other place that I would have learned as much as I did in the time that I was there than the company. So I'm, I'm like eternally grateful for the opportunity to have worked for the company, especially the last five to seven years in which innovation was really the driver of, of everything that I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. How long were you there? Just shy of 13 years. Okay. So about the same as me. I was just shy of 14. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was, um, and then, you know, because, because of the work we were doing in innovation, then we got exposed to the corporate venturing and we were in Boeing's venturing group um, and got 
like the ability to see a totally different side to the company as well. So just so many things that I never would have had the opportunity to, to learn and, and explore. And it was because of all that experience and exposure to amazing things throughout the company that had the confidence to try and do it out on, out in the outside world, the real world. So now you're out in the real world or you're out in the forest. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's still no, the real, I mean, there's not much more real world than that. That's um, right, man. That's right. I love it. But uh, so fourth yeah, sector, fourth sector of the economy is where for-profit government and nonprofits are all working in the same direction. That's called the fourth sector of the economy. It's not language that we invented. We were exposed to it at a California Forward Economic Summit and just kind of fell in love with the language that I was like, this is what I have to call our innovation company. Because it, if we keep doing things in silos, we're never gonna get the outcomes that we really need. And bringing for-profit, nonprofit, and government together to achieve things faster or in a way that couldn't be done otherwise just made too much logical sense for us to not really support. And so we, we came up with fourth sector innovations shortly after that. Okay, so, so Kevin, I'm, I'm going to give you a compliment in a minute. But before I get to that, yeah, I, I have some constructive criticism for you. Yeah, please. Um, that was a brilliant that was a brilliant summary of fourth sector, but it's also the first time I've fully understood what fourth sector innovation was about. And yeah. cause I've, I've gone on the website and I've watched a bunch of videos, which I'm going to get to in a second here. Um, so, so great. Uh, put that on the homepage. <laughs> yeah. <fair laughs> Maybe enough. A nice visual or something. Um, and so speaking of visuals, so, so on your website, fourth sector, uh, you talk a lot about, um, innovation, entrepreneurship. Uh, I have, so I am teaching a class this semester on innovation and entrepreneurship. And I basically lifted from your site definitions for innovation, value, Great. entrepreneurship, uh, what you say about stakeholders, um, is is great but the the definition of entrepreneurship was awesome and i i'm pretty sure you lifted that from somebody too the pursuit right. of opportunity Professor stevenson from harvard right. so the yeah the pursuit of opportunity beyond the resources you currently control yep and I and i like the innovation definition too: the conversion of creativity into value for stakeholders that one's ours and i can take credit for that one um so what i did in order to try to, to uh, encapsulate for my students what would we, we'd be talking about for the semester is I, I took those and I created a Venn diagram. I'll have to send it to you Sweet. and you can give me, your, give me your feedback on it. Um, but yeah, basically the course, it's like a snapshot of, okay, this is what we're gonna do in the course. And, and week by week, I highlight one of those elements and we, we dig into it. That's awesome. Um, which is a really long way of saying, uh, I like what you've done there with the definitions and, and those individual definitions were great. I was just struggling with, with fourth sector. Yeah. Um, so, so thank you for that. I can, I can try. I mean, I love, so one of the things that I can't stand is innovation theater. You know, the idea of like, Hey, look at all this innovation we're doing because we have a shiny new cell phone or whatever the hell it is. Um, like I want to see real capability and, um, 
capacity for innovation and entrepreneurship to be developed in many, many more organizations than currently exist. And that's what I start to get excited about. And for us, if, if we don't have a common language, some people say definitions don't matter, it's just what you do. I, I really struggle with that because if we're talking about the same thing in two different ways, are we really ever gonna achieve the same thing? Like we won't, just calling it innovation and not saying, okay, here's the definition, even if it's not our definition that, that we, you know, the conversion of creativity into value for stakeholders, whatever definition you choose, just use that as a standard and make sure that everyone is using that as the same benchmark or definition uh, because there's so much inefficiency when we don't have the common language. Okay. It's cutting out. Yes. So, so you, you were about to say, even if it's not our definition, the pursuit of, and then you trailed off. Yeah. Even if it's not the definition that we use, like pick a definition that you like better and stick with it and make it be yeah. standard across your organization so that you don't have inefficiency as a result of different expectations of what innovation is or isn't. And the same with entrepreneurship. You know, the reason we love the entrepreneurship definition from Professor Stevenson is it applies for a corporate innovation and entrepreneurship. You know, this, this idea that you need intrapreneurship versus entrepreneurship goes away. It becomes irrelevant mm -hmm. when you have a definition like, Dr. Stevenson has, has provided because who as a leader, I've never talked to a single leader in any organization that we've worked with that doesn't want to get more out of what they're, have their employees do more than what they should be able to do. Like, right. It becomes a leadership capability that you're encouraging and supporting when you talk about an entrepreneurial mindset and having that definition be the grounds of that, that mindset is I think, an amazing starting spot that most definitions seem to miss. They talk about where they are in the life cycle of the company, you know, using language like startup and early stage, or uh, the fact that you have to have a business. You don't even need to have a business to be entrepreneurial. You're just trying to get more value than what you're supposed to be able to achieve. And that I think is just beautiful. Can you give us an example of, you know, so I understand for-profit, non-profit government, yeah. sector, bringing them together. Can you give us a practical example? So part of, uh, part of maybe what, what is difficult with a fourth sector trying to understand what it is that we do is, and uh, we can definitely do better on the website. So thank you for the constructive feedback. But that really is, we have two different arms of our business. One we call advisors, and that's basically consulting with any of those three sectors that we had already talked about. And then the other we call collectives. And these are physical places that we either own, manage, or partner with an organization to operate. And recreating uh, a network of different spaces, physical spaces where individuals in the community, business owners, entrepreneurs, students, can all come together and learn about and develop their own innovations and entrepreneurial uh, opportunities. And so, Within that, we typically have a number of different services all stacked together to make a collective. And that's co-working, business incubator, business accelerator, corporate innovation. And then we really wanna have some kind of sustainable economic driver for each of those projects as well. 
the last thing we want to do is create these spaces that have to jump from grant to grant to be able to exist. We want to have economic feasibility and sustainability for those endeavors so that we can be providing these resources over time. None of these things are going to move the needle overnight in a year, three years. You really have to be committed to them for a much longer period of time. And that's what the collectives are really allowed us to do. And our focus for those collectives is really driven deep into communities that typically don't have access to the types of resources that we're bringing together. So we have great relationships in Silicon Valley, uh, in the major hubs all around the country, but we don't think we're gonna operate in those areas ourselves because there's plenty of opportunities for resources and pathways there. We wanna really focus on those areas that are on the outskirts of a megatropolis so we can drive deeper opportunity pathways to more people. So walk us through um, an engagement. You know, does, uh, I, I think I've seen you've, you've worked with the city of Ontario. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, and you could use them as an example, or use, use a fictional person or entity, but how does that work? Does somebody come to you with a, a problem where they say, hey, I wanna be more innovative? Or are you going out and and identifying these opportunities and selling them on it? And, and then what happens? I'm, I'm curious, what, what does that business model look like? It, it's a challenging business model at times, but the way that it worked in Ontario is we were doing consulting work for the fiber optic team. They have, Ontario is one of the early cities in the US and especially in California that had their own fiber optic infrastructure so they own their own fiber optic network, and then they partner with another company to do the service. We were brought in to do innovation project to look at how can we get more out of fiber than just letting more people stream Netflix? How can we, what value added services can be brought to the table for new home communities to have perhaps a virtual doctor's office? And again, this was going back four or five years. This is all pre-pandemic where some of this stuff is becoming much more readily accepted, but to have a virtual doctor's office that's shared inside a community center of a new housing development. So you wouldn't have to go do your routine checkups. You'd still go out to the hospital if you have an emergency or something like that. But for routine checkups, your annual physical, whatever it might be, you would just go to this shared resource inside your own community. You just walk over there, uh, see a virtual doctor and then head on out. So those types of use cases we were uh, exploring and trying to support. And it was at that time we saw a lot of vacant open uh, space in downtown Ontario. So we proposed to them a private public partnership in which we would do a revenue share on any profits that are generated over the period of performance. Um, and so really that's one of our business models is a private public partnership, a shared destiny. Another is, uh, we just resubmitted for a proposal to the city of Ontario to just be a service provider. Um, they they didn't see the private public partnership, um, and I will just couch that with a couple important years in there of pandemic um, that definitely had an impact on our ability to to fully see the the maturation of that private public partnership. But then they just want to have a, a service provider now to help do. Uh, facilitate innovation and entrepreneurship through some of the programs that we or someone else will offer. And so 
That uh, brings together the government. We then work with nonprofits in the region already that are providing services. Um, and then there's maybe even other aspects of, of government, state government, county government, uh, that have all participated in, in the work that we're trying to do to drive innovation and entrepreneurship um, pathways in, in Ontario and the region more broadly. Oh, that's great. So if I understand that correctly, um, you, you, you partnered, you, you created this public private partnership with the city. Um, you're looking at how to get more out of, out of their fiber infrastructure. And so any commercial part of the partnership is any commercial venture that, that results from, uh, that dive into the innovation, you guys are splitting the, the profits of that. Well, so uh, maybe slightly different. So the fiber was just like we were doing our advisory work as a consultant to the city. And then as a result of that work, we proposed this idea of a collective, a physical space to develop entrepreneurship and, uh, and innovation, not only through city government, but also to the broader community. So that was just how we kind of got our foot in the door with the city to understand their needs. The work that we do, we do focus on industry specific work in Ontario, and that's commerce and logistics technology development. So our belief is, is that it's really hard in any region, specifically one that has historically been underserved for innovation and entrepreneurship opportunities to just be a generalist innovator or entrepreneur um, center. So what do I mean by that is we want to find either specific demographics or groups of people that we're trying to support, or we want to find specific industry verticals that have economic power or economic influence in that particular city or region more broadly. So Ontario sits inland from the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach about 40% of all the containerized goods that come into the United States come through there. And that corridor back into Ontario is where a lot of the warehousing and distribution happens out to the Western half of the United States and beyond. So it's in a very uh, perfect uh, geographic location mm -hmm. for warehousing and distribution. The problem is Warehouses and distribution centers are massive buildings that don't have a lot of economic density. They don't have high paying jobs. They don't have uh, a huge tax revenue that it creates for the city uh, based on, on compared to an office building, say. And so what we're trying to say is let's develop the next generation of solutions to the challenges that today's warehouses and distribution centers have right here in our backyard. So we have access to local stakeholders and customers. We know the real problems instead of just going and creating innovations or companies to go solve problems that aren't actually meaningful to the companies that are gonna pay the money for those companies' uh, products and services. So that's, that's what we proposed in Ontario. They have 110 million square feet of warehouse and distribution light manufacturing wow. space in the city of Ontario. So it's there, like, and they're global yeah. companies that are there. They also have their international airport. Ontario International mm -hmm. Airport 
although it's a fraction of the size of Hartfeld Atlanta, it has uh, vied with the with Atlanta to have high the highest volumes one and two in outbound e-commerce logistics freight from the from Ontario International Airport. So another significant reason why uh, the region has a, a real center of uh, momentum and an industry expertise um, that we should be applying and creating these next generation of tech solution providers to that specific industry. I think anybody um, who's received a package uh, from Amazon or anybody else on the West Coast that was air shipped at all probably has a label that says ONT on it somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, which is also, by the way, a, a great uh, commercial uh, passenger terminal to fly out of if you can find the flight you need out of there. <laughs> yeah, totally, including international to uh, Japan, or sorry, excuse me, China. So um, daily flights to China are still going on and they're expanding their international flights as well. It's, it's a nice small airport, a lot, a lot more convenient for a lot of people than they yeah. realize uh, flying in and out of Southern California. Okay, that's the end of part one of our chat with Kevin Meredith. Wasn't he awesome? Wasn't that great? Did you feel like you were in the wilderness? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I thought uh, the train whistles were a nice oh, yeah, touch. Right, uh, we did, yeah, we did not edit those in. That was, um, that was real. It's by the tracks uh, out in the forest, yeah. Out in the tracks. Um, one of the things that struck me, and I, I was furiously uh, trying to jot things down during the episode, but so many great vocabulary words. Mm -hmm. uh, economic density, economic oxygen, non-dilutive. Uh, I, yeah. I, I just, uh, <laughs> they were coming at us fast yeah, and furious. Yeah. I was He's trying to jot guy. them down. And he just, he just rattles them off like everybody knows what that means, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, you, I think listening to the conversation, you, you get a feel for, uh, for what they mean. One thing we didn't do is we did not get a chance to pimp his uh, website or, or his company. We talk about the company, yeah. Fourth Sector Innovations, but you can find out more about that at fourthsi, so 4thsi.com. Uh, Kevin has a ton of content. Uh, he does weekly videos. He does coffee with Kevin Novation, yeah, even while he's can. out and about uh, yeah. going, going to the, the national parks. Right. He's got his kids with them. Uh, I mean, it's a family epic trip. Uh, that's awesome. So a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, he has kids all jumping around. He's trying to like talk business and the kids are like, hey, everybody. And they're like waving at the camera. That's funny. So go, uh, go check out Fourth Sector Innovation. And uh, in the meantime, um, we'll be back next week with more of our conversation with Kevin Meredith.